Hey everybody, hello, welcome to hello, Lore hello. Dump. Hello, hello, it's hello. It's me and Joshua. Hello, it's, we're back. We're at Lore Dump. Yes, we are. We haven't been cancelled yet. The show where we build a world oh, before. Wait, hey, you don't get to say that. Oh, cut, I, cut, cut it all out, cut it out. Uh, this is a show where we build a world before your very ears. The thing that I say and never forget. Never, never, baby. You Not never even forget nothing. once. Never, ever. Thank you. Yes. All right. And we're back in. All right. At least you can remember the email. No, I can't actually. Not this time. What's the email, Josh? Uh, the email is... Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, for it. It's absolutely lorddumpquestions at gmail.com, <laughs> which I didn't have to look at my notes. You That's can't very see. good. Yeah. Uh, th- very so good. if you want if you want to ask us... Wow, we're off to a really good start. If you want to ask <laughs> myself or Mr. Shikadance, the Shawnee Sean, the Marky Mark of the D&D world, the funky uh, bunch. I'm your funky bunch. Uh, then go ahead and send your questions over to lorddon'tquestions at gmail.com. What a start we are on. Or you know what else you could do? You know what else you could do, Sean? What could I do? You could you could Instagram or Twitter us at the Loredump, which are our social media platforms. That's right, folks, at the Loredump Instagram and Twitter. That's us. Those are us, us two places for us to post social mediums. And we ask questions there. And we want you guys to send us questions because, man, we've had some good questions and we talk about them forever. Like, literally, for a long time. We usually forget the question and answer all of life's problems. So please send them to us because we'd love to hear from you and answer questions. We should do an episode where we just do a Twitter poll and then they decide what we do for the actual episode. I love that. We should do that we'll next week. Sometime later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I adore. But on it. this okay. today's one that we're doing live in front of the mics today, right now here, what are we doing, Josh? Oh what are my you god, we're through. You know, it's we've we've gone grand recently. We've defined cities, nations, iconic historical figures, gods, reality itself, uh, extra planar entities. So you know what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna make a village. It's been just a, a it's humble been a little village. Yeah, it's it's Pittsburgh is like the last kind of settlement we made. I want a village. I want a That's village fair. that we our players could use, and it's lively and wonderful and beautiful and excellent. So let's build a village, Sean. Let's build a village. Because it takes a village. It takes a village to build the village, but us two idiots are going to do it here in under an hour. A village of idiots. Oh, God. <laughs> well, imagine if we had our own village. God damn. <gasps> is that what this village is? It's just you and me. It's just you and me as dual mayors, mayoring together a village okay, of people. Okay, so we've already established there's an Etten that runs this village. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Oh my god, It's just yes. you and me arguing with each other. So we are every a decision. two-headed Etten that rules over this village. Yes. Uh, we've got the soft boy and we've got the funny one. Yes, who... you handle all the policy making and I deal with the law and the justice. Okay, okay, I love it, I love it. Uh, and... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's literally us and each head has a beard, one has glasses... 
Uh, they both wear hats. <laughs> they share a hat. They share one hat. They, share they take one they swap hat back and forth. Yeah. What is our? They what is turns our, wearing the mayor hat. What is so our Eddie's name? What is it? Um. Shouldn't have two names because it's two people. Okay. Okay. What are the names of that? Is it just Josh and Sean? I'm gonna name my side of it Gavel. Okay. You can name your side of it. Your gavel. I'm supposed to be policymaker. What if mine's name is policymaker? Policymaker and gavel. <laughs> we'll just call we'll we'll call my head policy. Policy. We'll call and gavel. it Paul and Gav. Paul and Gav. Yes, it's Paul and Gav. That's it. Yeah. Done. Okay. Paul and Gav the Etten. Paul and Gav the Etten. Mayor okay. of a town yet to be named. How how did Paul and Gaff become a mayor as Ettons? Like what what um, happened? How did they stumble into this? How did they stumble into it? Well, I guess we should first define the type of village this is. Is this like a normal just humans walking about doing their everyday stuff with an Etton mayor? <laughs> or is this a bit different? I think this needs to be like a I feel like it needs to be like a high, an attempt at high society goblin orc and goliath village. That's like, where I was hoping you'd go. Okay, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. This is why yes, we yes. are one person in this universe. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. So Paul and Gav wanted to, Jesus. to create a high society village. They once found a book that a merchant dropped when they raided a caravan that mm-hmm. explained fancy etiquette. And from there, it was just a downward spiral into <laughs> obsession with dapper living and civility. And so they established their own village in mockery of what they believe to be civilization. It's a bastardization because they can only read about 50% of the words in that book. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which is also true to real life. <laughs> No, that's accurate. That's I'm pulling yeah. from real life a lot. Yeah, this, this is this, Sean and I are so. both fifty percent literate. No, nothing more. Um, <laughs> we each have fifty percent of the words in our heads. Yes. Okay. So, so they they established this village. They got a bunch of orcs and goblins and <laughs> and mini, Well, the minotaurs have ogres. Ogres, ogres. Yeah. Oh, it's um, a lot of ogres, orcs, goblins. Um, hmm. And just small giants, but I think that's. That's as big as it gets. There's like trolls, maybe. There's some trolls. Maybe some gross... Uh, civil trolls. Yeah. They really have a hard time with the rules. Well, yeah. There's just a lot of law and chaos going on. Like, All at once. <laughs> I immediately hearken back to our at-home game that Sarah runs, where your Minotaur and my Goblin and our Kobold attempted to run for mayor, and it was just an absolute catastrophe. Yeah, that was a political disaster if ever I've seen one. Yes, this is just that repeating itself. Except without the kobold's ambition. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Just a lot of murder. Just a lot of murder because they have the book and it's all framed in the the guise of politics. But at the end of the day, someone's just crushing someone's head because they did something they don't like. Yeah, that's... (laughs) That's the law. They have a... uh, They always have a trial... Until somebody loses control and it ends up in a big fight. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> All of time. their trials. There is no trial by combat. It is all just trial by combat. Yes. You give your opening statement. You beat the ever-living shit out of each other. And whoever dies was clearly in the wrong. That's, that is, and that is that's how the they understand the books to read. And it's not like, a, oh, well, because of the laws, we have to believe that guy's right. They're like, oh, I guess that guy was right. Oh, that's weird. Could have fooled me. 
That's what the book says. <laughs> They're one book. They're one. And this book is like in the center of the village in this like covered pavilion, like in this very like <laughs> sacred place. And it's just like, like this isn't the exact name, but it's like the idiot's guide to etiquette. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. a very simply written, this is how politics work. Yeah. <laughs> the idiot's guide to politics. It's perfect. Uh, and they, the, the, the Paul and, and, um, and Gav spend hours poring over this sacred text, um, mm-hmm. not actually understanding it and arguing about it, I assume. Yeah, I, I, I imagine they have some sort of like sanctioned private mayoral time alone with the book where mm-hmm. they just like take naps and, you know, make paper airplanes and pretend to read it. Yeah. And they put it back and it's like, yep, yeah, that was a good few pages I got through today. We did really we'll well. We'll see what's at the end of that book someday, but not today. <laughs> They have an intelligence of six. L. <laughs> That's what Ettons have to work with. So. so they've never finished this book. They started no. it. They really like the idea of it, but they've never actually read it in full. Yeah. Somehow they figured out a few words of common, but they don't know how to read common. It's okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. I like to think that the one thing they have established is that these laws apply to everybody. Like so if a human like stumbles upon them, it's not like immediate hostility. They're like, oh yeah, no, we're a good functioning political system that anybody can come into. And then it starts to very quickly fall apart around the yeah. adventuring party as they start to realize <laughs> that <laughs> they have no idea what they're doing. And that this facade of civility and and legal structure is just that, a facade and nothing else. Yeah, there's just a bunch of chaos happening, but it's in around buildings this time. Yes, yes, there's some structure. There's there's policemen, but they mostly are just fighting with each other the entire time and there's like Yeah. yeah. The only difference between like, you know, law enforcement officers and the general public is some sort of shiny piece of metal that they have on their body that they've been deemed <laughs> You know what this sounds like? This sounds like a freaking Wild West town, essentially. It what basically we've created. is. We've created a Wild West town. It's a Wild West town filled with, like, goblins and orcs and ogres and an Enton mayor. Yeah, and there's, like, sheriffs that, like, really vigilante law the whole thing. Uh, oh, and our, under, under the our, mayor's name. And yeah, every campaign they have, um, the only reason the Enton wins is because he, like, ogres run against him every year to try and... Uh, beat him in the fight yeah. that they have for the election the election fight okay uh, the electoral uh scrummage and scrummage? basically <laughs> i love basically, it that's perfect yeah yeah the end wins every time because he's just bigger and stronger um and his campaign slogan is two heads are better than one two heads yeah that's and everyone's like that's actually genuinely true they're yeah. double the smart of us they have two, two sets of, of eyes they can see everything and they're yes. so tall it's it's they Etten for mayor Gavin Paul. <laughs> Oi! I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Till a giant comes to town. That'll be a different day. That'll be a whole other thing. Yes. Okay. I love it. So they've got we've got the population. We've got the political and legal structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you mentioned this earlier. We didn't do it. What's the name of the village? What are we calling it? What is the name of the village, Josh? It's a good question. Why don't you tell the people? <laughs> it's called. It's got to be something literal. 
it's got to be like they saw something and named it after that uh something in like like you know like stonebrook hollow but funny like 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 big rock yeah like big rock or something just really like it also harkens back to frontier town but like literally big rock would be good or broken tree or or (laughs) wet river (laughs) swampy land swampy land (laughs) green grass you know (laughs) green grass hills it should just be Um, called dust hole and it was just a hole, hole of dust. That they, like, just a big hole of dust. Yeah. Uh, I like Broken Tree. Broken Tree? Okay. Yeah. The Broken Tree is... is And there, the Broken Tree is still there. There's more Broken Trees now, in fact. Because yeah. trees keep getting broken. Because but everything's it, the, so big and all their brawls just keep smashing all their trees. It spills out and knocks all the trees over. <laughs> so when you approach, there's just broken trees for the, the like first 100 feet around the village. Yeah. Okay. Broken Tree. I love it. So we've got Broken Tree, the village run by Paul and Gav, the mayors. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of broken trees everywhere. So we've kind of we've kind of established the geography. There is foliage. It's not like in a plains or a desert. Yes, there is foliage. Foliage. Maybe it's like a timberlands sort of space. I could see that. Yeah. They build their own homes out of the broken wood. Yeah, it's a hinterland. Yeah, every time they break a tree, they're like, oh, this is cause for celebration. Yeah, we, we can... add this to the pile of wood we have to build houses with. <laughs> they never consider cutting the trees down. They just, when they knock them over, they're like, oh, we could use this. Yeah. When someone punches someone to do another one and they crack it, they're like, hey, house wood. Trees. <laughs> I okay, like that. okay. What else defines this town? What else? Hmm. They are very good at fighting other towns (laughs) (laughs) tell me more about this well i think it'd be really funny if like the only time they stop fighting each other is when another town tries to fuck with them and there's just an army of orcs and goblins and everything watching that way and destroying that town (laughs) so are there like a bunch of towns in the hinterlands that are like like kind of regular towns or villages but every once in a while the residents of broken tree roll in and smash a bunch of shit yeah (laughs) every that's what how they celebrate one of those holidays we came up with not too long ago oh i love that they go to the nearest town and just smash everything they can and take hearth home they head over to the next village they just raid their hearth home celebration and give gifts out to other people (laughs) in their town and they think that's how the holiday works yeah like well, they couldn't take us. They couldn't stop us from taking other gifts. They get so really ex- the gifts. They get really excited when the other towns show up to like fight them yeah. because they think it's part of a celebration. And they're like, oh, "Our enemies are here. Thank you for coming to fight us." And like, oh, it's a they big fight us again. That's, that's so the holiday sweet. spirit. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so they're really problematic in this region. They're very much yes, like they're very much like a known issue. Like, don't go near Broken Tree. That place it sucks. It is bad. I do. I like there being a reason for merchants and adventurers to go there, though. Still, like, like I would say it's very good for like a seedy underbelly type place because anyone with like a slightly high intelligence can own that town from the underground. 
Okay, okay. They can run things from the shadows like pretty easy if they just direct those things in the right way. So sketchy organizations tend to set up there, like thieves' yeah. guilds and things like yeah. that. Yeah, and they have like a natural protection from just being like, hey, those guys look pretty weird, huh? And then the whole town turns and looks at them and beats the shit out of them. Okay, so it's a perfect place for a black market then, which exactly. is why a lot of merchants go there. So there is so Broken Tree has an amazing black market. I and think, I like to think their like main market right in the middle of the village is the black market. Like it's not hidden at all. Yes. It's like two cities interwoven together. It's this broken tree town where all these orcs and the goblins and everyone live together, but hidden within that, not even under it, like within it is just, just this incredibly intricate black market that someone has set up. <laughs> and you don't know who it is. It's this shady figure who like lets them do their thing. Exactly. Okay, I love it. I love it and so just much. just rakes in all the money that they pay him for like a tithe or whatever yeah. to do their business there. And he couldn't care less. He couldn't give a shit. <laughs> he was like, yeah, do you... whatever. If you want to murder people, I don't care. I don't like these people. Yeah, it's the perfect cover. And so like merchants are always there and they're always like terrified and they're like, we've got to go. We've got to set up a caravan to Broken Tree. Can we hire some adventurers to come along? Yeah. <laughs> But people are like, oh, don't go to Broken Tree. It's just full of orcs and monsters, and they're going to kill you. And that's yep. all anyone knows about the place. Yeah. And everyone's like, then why do you keep going there? <laughs> um, business meetings. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about it. I love the idea of like a, um, a caravan of like holy men. Yeah. Like they're masquerading as holy men. And they go there on missions to help improve their society and get them on the right path. But they're really just like fencing shit. They're just so and they come back and like, oh, those brutes will never understand. Now oh, we'll go back next month. <laughs> it's such a good, uh, it's such a good, like the rogue steals something. And you're like, well, if you want to sell that, you're going to have to go to Broken Tree. <laughs> like take the whole party like off the rails yeah. to uh, uh, <laughs> plug for our, our new show off the rails <laughs> on <laughs> the welcoming uh, hey. to, to Broken Tree. That'd be fantastic. I want to know more about this shadow figure. This shadow figure? The guy who runs it from the underneath? Yeah, yeah, the, the black market dude. How about the shadow mayor? The shadow mayor is good. Shadow mayor's Shadow mayor's okay, girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got a better one? No, I don't. Mayor. That's why I don't want to like... Don't, oh, you like wanna, it? I don't want to rush it. I like, I like shadow mayor. Ghost mayor? Wraith but mayor? I, Oh, what Wraith about the mayor. broken mayor? The broken, the broken ghost mayor, the under mayor. I like the under mayor. Yeah, the under mayor is really, it kind of sounds like under the Undertaker, mayor. but it's a mayor. I'm the underminer. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> nice, good, good work thank in that you, one in there. Thank you, thank you, bravo, sir. Okay, so the name of this shadowy figure is the under mayor. The under mayor, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that. And the he never introduces just... it. He hates that name, though. Other yeah, people everyone... call him that. He fucking hates that name. Spices it. What's like, his don't, name? Do not call me Undermayor, please, for the love of God. <laughs> All of the Yetans and Goblins and Orcs call him it. It's like, I hate it. <laughs> Interesting. So would, do they know about the black market they live in? Oh, no, they wouldn't really, would they? I think it would be more interesting if they had no fucking idea that there was yeah. this intricate, intricate organization. So the Undermayor is actually a bad idea because it would draw attention. What do you Even mean? of the dummies. of the Etnus. If they called him the Undermayor. If they yeah, knew yeah. about him. 
Okay, so the Undern Mayor is like his code name, his secret yes. name. Yes, 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 yes. Got it, got it, got it. And there are like humans and other races that live amongst these. And they know yeah. he's the Under Mayor. I mean, they look his down real name else, is but... Gavin. That's the name of the mayor, the actual mayor. Oh, right, Gavel. <laughs> his real name is Topher Grace. His real name is Humphrey Bogue. <laughs> Oh, um, uh, his real name is. How about this? His real name is one of our listeners. Ooh, it's Tanner. Is it Tanner Methalador? Yeah, Tanner <laughs> Methalador. Just, Tanner Methalador is is the undermayor of. Broken He's the undermayor of Broken Tree. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, we've got Tanner Methalador. Yes. Uh, is our is our mayor okay i love this that's very good this we is should do more of this in the future that's called uh, synergy with our social medias i love it well we'll just start keep putting people in we've got the azure isles we've got it's good this is good okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so we got tanner methalador the under mayor uh which is very cool like that actually sounds really cool <laughs> yeah i like that name a lot actually <laughs> <laughs> okay uh and we've got this hinterlands town with this Etten mayor who keeps swapping hats and always wins the election because he's got two heads and it's better than one. Yeah, uh, and they but really it's just because he's stronger, bigger. Yeah, and they yeah. regularly raid their neighbors out of festivity. Um, <laughs> that's beautiful. This village is beautiful. What kind of what kind of structures do they have? Like what are they, what's their architecture like? What's their what's their infrastructure like? I, I assume it's very bad. Like, it's very easy to tell which buildings are human-owned and constructed versus, like, other. I'm going to call them monstrosities. Okay. The ones that the monstrosities sort of built. Like, like Goblin Make has a very specific architecture that's, like, very small and thrown together almost. Yeah. Like, tinkery. I like the idea, though, that all of the the Ettons and the Orcs and the Goblins are trying to mimic the towns around them. So it looks like really shoddily variants still. Like, they're terrible, but they still try to use, like, timber construction. But, yeah. like, you can see them get halfway there and then give up on it and just pile some rocks onto it and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> but it's almost like Lincoln Logs where there's still huge spaces in between where the heat just escapes in the winter. Yeah. It's just, like, completely open to the elements, but it is, like, big logs stacked on top of each other to make None of the logs are matching because all the trees are different sizes they keep 100%. knocking over. So they just... Yeah. They fill it with rocks of different sizes to make the holes fit. Yes, or they treat perfect. them like windows. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are just built into, like, if there's a large boulder, they just kind of built part of the house around it. So there's, like, a rock in the side of it. It's yeah, there's, like, a little, like, one of those gaps. There's, like, some mud put there. And then, like, they tried to plant flowers. Okay, counterpoint. The so. Counterpoint to the human settlements looking better. I really think that Paul and Gav insist that the aesthetic remain consistent. And they make the humans live in monstrosity-built homes as well. Interesting. Interesting. So there's this like consistent busted aesthetic that if you want to live in that, you have to live outside of the town. Okay. It would be better for them to fit in too, because they wouldn't want to stand out yeah. in the middle of this town. Gotcha. Yeah. So maybe some of them are also like, there's a facade, but then the interior has been redone to be more 
livable for yeah the outside of it's just covered in big logs and rocks but they're like if you look inside it's like an actual house yeah they've put like stubble up and stuff like that like there's there's water yeah. or whatever yeah I love that. <laughs> that's amazing okay <laughs> oh this village is great broken tree is amazing does it have a tavern oh what's the tavern like i asked you it doesn't even have one uh it definitely has a tavern it's called the pit um and it is a big it's a big hole be careful i think we named one of those in the other town we made i like having a second one it's just the pit yeah the pit was like a funny wordplay in in pittsburgh here here it's just a literal pit just a hole in the ground (laughs) i like that that's good it's a it's a hole in the ground with a bunch of boulders that are set up like tables. Now, there here's the thing: you said they steal architecture from the other towns around them. This would then canonically be near Pittsburgh. You, okay, so we put this near Pittsburgh, and they just stole the name from that's it. One of the things they just like went there once, and they're like, "Ah, yeah, that sounds like a good name for a bar." <laughs> they stole the Pittsburgh sign. They. <laughs> it's a very old like worn pittsburgh sign like clearly their tavern sign. and they just scratched berg out and it just says the pit with berg yeah, scratched the pit, and then it's like hard grounded out or like the pieces of wood are like punched out where the words were i love that it's just leaned against the side of this pit that is so they bar. never went inside that bar so that that means they saw the word pit and they're like okay that place is just a big pit it's so a whole dug a big drink. pit in the building yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this not even is like, in a building it's just a big pit dug into the ground outside yeah 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 it's not inside at all it's just a That's big perfect. hole with like some rocks for furniture and maybe like a boulder for a bar like a long lengthways boulder and there's a bunch of just barrels laying around and that's that's the extent of it <laughs> Oh and you have to, there's no stairs. You have to climb in and out of it. Like it's a literal pit all the way yeah. around. Yeah. It's That's fantastic. Okay. I love that. This is the most absurd place on the planet. And I love exactly. it. Exactly. That's what we're doing here. We're making absurdity. It gets really muddy when it rains. <laughs> just, just, just a, it fills with water. Like literally, if it rains, no one can get out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just, just a big mess. The bar also starts to flood. Yeah if there's all the air it's just it's just a hole and it fills up completely and you're like this is now a pond for a while (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay so pits the the pit not pittsburgh the pit is there now i i love it i love it Mm -hmm. the mayor's there we've got the seedy underbelly we've got I like that so this is on continent one with the pillars and all that in that forest it makes sense like it's not in the overgrown peach part of the forest but it's in like kind of more northern reaching hinterlands of that forest like to the north where it's not as civilized not controlled by the the because pittsburgh technically is a part of of like the dwarven sphere of control whereas this place is not but they're close by like pittsburgh is on a close enough you can get to there yeah yeah. I like that. There's like a okay. large stretch of forest for it. Is there anything else in this town? Any other places of interest? Any other materials or things that they would have access to that other people don't? Any reason people might come to this town for whatever reason besides the black market? Hmm. Do they mine well or do they... 
I'm sure they don't Rude mind metal. at all. <laughs> Hunting, leather working. Hmm. I'm not sure. What if there is... What if we do a play on goblins and salvaging? Because you know how goblins are notoriously good for finding useful things out of trash? Yeah. Or making useful things out of trash. Yeah. What if... What if the dwarves of the pillars magically yeet their garbage into a pit? Or like a magical <laughs> teleporter, and it comes out near this place, and the goblins recycle it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> if there's just like all the, like, the Grinch who stole Christmas. Yeah. But reversed, they just throw their shit from the top of the mountain down to this fucking cesspool of a city. Yeah. Or they, this like, village. This little village, and so there's, there is really useful crap that the dwarves don't realize in there and the goblins keep finding it and there's just a billion scrap yards where they're selling dwarven can, trash can there be uh the goblin co college of artificing and it's yes. just a fucking dump it's, it's just, just like this sprawling dump of scrap metal and shit 100 <laughs> percent love that so much i i also like it's not like they literally throw it off the mountain the dwarves have this portal there. that they throw things into and the other side of the portal just sits about a kilometer out from the village and just yeah. trash constantly vomits out of it into this giant <laughs> pile oh i love that so good <laughs> god i love goblins oh that's fantastic that's so good this is amazing <laughs> i love this little village it's really good. Now I you can be a campaign. goblin from here. You could. You could That's be a broken really cool. tree goblin. Yeah, I'm a goblin from Broken Tree. I went to the <sighs> College of Artificing. <laughs> Watch me put this trash can into a something and make a magic item. He's got surprisingly dwarven looking armor that's just muddled together. <laughs> He's wearing all dwarvish clothing. Yeah. Really nice stuff too from like last season though. Yeah. It's like weirdly dated. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think that they don't think any of it's fancy. They just rip it apart and reuse pieces of it. Yeah, it's all bits and bobs. In their, like, shitty uh, log houses, there's, like, very nice, like, candelabras and stuff that they find at the dump. Yeah. I like, there's, like, portal mirrors, and, like, they don't even realize it. Like, they have a mirror leaning against one wall, and it's, like, a portal. And occasionally a goblin will go missing, and it's because they fell into the mirror. <laughs> oh, God, I love that. It's like a story hook, too. It really is. Like, a magical artifact gets thrown out, ends up in Broken Tree, and you have to go retrieve it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I like that. Oh, that is fantastic. I, are there any other details we need for this? I'm, I'm in love with the place. I'm in love with the place. I think we add details later. Yeah. But for now, I think that's that's a very good place. It's got what it needs. We've got it located. It's got a couple of different really unique hooks to it. It's perfect. Yeah. It's just broad enough to where it can be used as a setting, but the DM can also make its own stuff up there. Yeah, like you could throw a leatherwork or a blacksmith, or you could throw other prominent figures around, but yeah. it's, it's, got its, it's got its factions. You well, know, like... Sometimes maybe there is conflict between the goblin artificers and, excuse me, Tanner Methalador. 
You know what I mean? Well, like, there's a hundred percent should be because he knows exactly how much how worthy everything that comes out of that portal is. And that's he keeps trying to set hire shop here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why he's there. Yeah, he probably has people that like sneak into the dump and search around for useful stuff. And they're actually and the fighting. Keep over chasing him away. Yeah, the goblins like. <laughs> this is our trash. Get out of this here. Is mine. Oh, I, like I adore that. it. I adore it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, we've done it. We've built nice. another village. A wonderful. I like how densely populated Sorry, this one continent. Siri, you'll never understand. He said, "Sorry, not Siri. Shut up." <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't understand that. Yes. Uh, okay. Great. Thanks for that interruption in That's the middle of, of us closing out this section. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it in. We're so professional. Hey, do you know what that means? The next part of this this session is more Siri jokes. No. Nice try, though. Instead, we're going to answer a question. A question? A question, Sean. Cool. Uh, we've, we've, we've never got done a... that before. <laughs> yeah? Where have you been the last 16 episodes? <laughs> oh. What did you do with the real Sean? I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> Give him back to me. Okay, so here's our question. <laughs> We're in a rare mood today. Hey, Sean, this is a question from me, the governor, a.k.a. The Josh. you want? I'm going to know. <laughs> wow, I don't want to ask it anymore. <laughs> I mean, sure, bud. You're scaring away. <laughs> Way to advertise asking us questions when that's the response. <laughs> hey, guys, you should ask us questions because we're going to go. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> My question for you, Sean, is, okay, okay. What is your, like, what is the best thing you ever seen another dungeon master do that you then want to or have decided to use in your world building, homebrewing, and dungeon mastering? Um, this is a big question. It is a big question. I mean, world like world building, like something. It could be a rule you picked up. It could be a way of dungeon mastering. It could be a way you homebrew. Like, what's 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 something you've learned from other dungeon masters? This is this is a very heavily uh, Matt Matt Mercer inspired question. This is. I mean, there's always the Matt Mercer answer. Yeah, the Matt Which, Mercer effect. Isn't I'm not going to take off, but the it table. is something. Yeah, it is something. I mean, yeah. it's the Matt Mercer effect. I don't know how everybody seems to define it differently. And the way I define it, I don't see it as a bad thing. How do you I see it? it as I see it as no, Matt how do you Mercer. Define it, not how do you see it? Yeah. Sorry. I define it as Matt Mercer has a very unique and specific way of dungeon mastering, which is inspirational to people. It is not the end all and be all of dungeon mastering. And every dungeon master does things differently. Um, but that doesn't mean that what you can't learn from what he does. Okay, because what my understanding of the Matthew Mercer effect is, is that the players expect, expect your that. game to be like Matthew Mercer's when they get to your table. Mm. That's the problem that I think people have with the Matthew Mercer effect. No one's saying he's a bad DM because that's yeah, a fucking lie. Yeah, that's crazy. an outright just cancerous lie out of your mouth. But they're saying that like that expectation is put on other dms around the world mm, by which, the players you know is true but i just i don't think that's the matt mercer effect i think everybody compares dungeon masters well, it's not even critical role if we've even seen it where like one mass dungeon master does something 
and then we've got players cross come across and they'll expect this other dungeon master to do it that way because the every dungeon master is different i yeah I, that I, that has nothing to do with critical role in dungeon masters and everything to do with human beings being human beings so that's, that's true. truly how the matt mercer effect is defined it's not a matt mercer effect that's dungeons and dragons that's people being people yes but it's <laughs> given to him because he's he's the prevalent no yeah. dungeon master but like we've but, we've seen that before at our tabletops yeah like we've seen you. you know when i do something and somebody comes to a tabletop across the way and goes well i've only played D with josh and i'm used to this like where this is what i'm expecting that's well, not how i dungeon master i'm joe the snail I'm and joe i dungeon master this way <laughs> joe the snail yeah i don't know my brain <laughs> is not fuck? not working good today but yeah that's so that's kind of how i've seen I see. that i've stolen mm. Mm. i don't know like there's a lot of the stuff that i i know the rules but i also learned them while watching critical role for the first time mm -hmm. so there are things that i read in the rule book and then i saw him do and i was like okay well he took these liberties here so I can take these liberties here. I can take these literally liberties literally anywhere I want to. Um, stop slamming doors. There's also sorry, not you. Uh, oh. It's <laughs> there's been a lot of not so much rules or like specific items or specific things in the world that I've stolen. It's more just I've seen how other DMs make rulings and think about the game, and that's how I've changed my sort of own understanding of the game mm -hmm. you know you'll see one dm rule something one way and then you'll see someone else rule it another way and you'll take those two options and come up with your third own opinion of both of those rules yeah. i think that's what i've taken away more than anything else that was literally like kind of my answer was like oh we'll come up with a new one well well but literally <laughs> like i was gonna use like specific people's but with that answer of like i I love Matthew Mercer's, sorry, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. Storytelling. You have to. It can't be ignored. Uh, and his narration and his narrative flow. So when yes. you, you look at Conundrum Company, the way that the party progresses and the way that the narrative progressive is very akin to my poor shoddy variant of what Matt does. But in regards it's to fantastic. metagaming and goofy jokes, it's Griffin McElroy. Like, I love uh, them so much and taking those two things and putting them together because we have that all the time, especially at our tabletop where it, there is just like a meta. So like the other day when we did the pinky promise, like making that into a canonical thing, that is something you would see in the adventure zone 100%. And it just organically happened as something stupid meta humory that we brought yeah. into the world. It doesn't devalue the world, but that is something that i it's it's, so it's perfect <laughs> like yeah. i i love both of those and i took those two things and married them together in the way that i run the table i guess right like the thing the environment that you kind of curate at the table yeah it's that mentality that you pick up from other people that you have watched dm or played with dm in the past yeah it's not a bad thing it's just how we we form our own impression of the world and the game we play, the, the world we build. Yeah. Well, I'm, 
I will say, like, to answer this question a little differently, like, to answer it from the homebrew perspective, I think you've seen us on this show. Between me, you, and Sarah, we all came into homebrewing oh. with with different answers as to how we start the homebrew process. Like, you know, Sarah was very much reverse engineer. Like, we, but we've we as a podcast have since used all three of our methods like to define places and create encounters like that is so true. i've learned from the like the two of you to to create this world like we've literally done it and, and i'm answering this question or i'm expressing this poorly but you get what i'm saying right like no, i've you, watched you two correct. do things certain ways and i've taken that and applied it to the homebrewing we've done on this podcast yeah it's it's different when stealing like a specific thing like if you do steal an item or a rule set like oh i like the way matt mercer does uh reincarnation or revivifying people yeah you steal that pick it up throw it in your world that's fine i don't think anyone's gonna mind that as long as you know if there's any differences you are able to explain why there is difference yeah um, yeah yeah but if you find your own way off of someone else's content i don't think anyone would care about that yeah yeah like it's it's a good way to do things yeah. homebrew rules like there's tons of those to pick up i see yeah. them all the time and i'm like oh that's that's a good way to handle that ruling yeah. our new friends at gooey cube have some really interesting in their introductory package uh, i'm not gonna say them just because they're published materials yeah, but they have some like really interesting homebrew table rules to like help you manage the table like surrounding criticals and things like that they're very good oh yes yes, yes. they're very smart like one I, I they they tell you in the publication to bring this into the world so I, I will say i like this rule i haven't implemented it yet or tested it but i like the idea of gooey cube presented um mathematically monsters tend to get a lot more opportunities to roll critically especially if you're running a hold horde campaign so the verification of criticals on monsters it really depends on the dungeon master and the amount but the way that they handle criticals for monsters and creatures in the world is different to how they handle criticals for players in an attempt to balance out crits against players as opposed to crits against monsters which is very interesting i will say so you're wait does that say that there are more opportunities for a creature to get criticals when you're talking about large hordes of monsters yes so like if you've got okay. like 10 goblins against four players or whatever or like wolves like with pack tactics like if there's eight wolves mathematically yes. it plays out okay i could see that again it also depends highly upon like force advantage and things like that that players do like there's a strategy and mechanic to the game yeah. and all these rules but that was an interesting one that i saw um that i liked that's pretty cool especially at early levels <laughs> yeah when you know you throw 10 wolves at a party and they have pack tactics and a role in advantage the chances of those wolves getting um getting crits is much higher than the party depending yeah. on the party makeup depending on the level of the party i would say yeah yeah, yeah. we're talking first level second level third level here um, yeah because if they're eighth level a crit from a wolf is gonna do yeah, yeah. probably uh, seven uh, damage eighth damage. levels you're not fighting wolves hopefully <laughs> exactly <laughs> i mean that's that's very different but you you know what i mean i mean the monsters scale up so it's interesting but yeah again examples of that sort of thing like there's yeah. there's interesting rulings out there i've seen 
interesting like ways to handle death i've seen people do like um the way if you roll a failed saving throw with a natural one you get double damage same with at like enemies if they roll a natural one on their fail they get double damage i think that is fucking bananas <laughs> i think that is the most insane thing anyone's ever done um but you know it might make someone feel like the game's more fun and more explosive and more dangerous I see how that could also be, you know. I don't know where I picked this up from, but I will also, it really depends on, like, one-shots. I will change my house rules for one-shots 100%. I don't oh, know yeah. where I got that came from, where that came from, but whoever whoever's idea that was, good job. Uh, because a one-shot is very different to a campaign. So I will make yes. it, like, a lot more punishing or a lot less punishing uh, based on house rules there as well. Um, from campaign to campaign and one shot to one shot. Yeah, one shots for me are almost like a let's take the fucking bumpers off and just play with no restraints. Yeah. Guys go crazy, you know? Or if you're going for something super cutesy in a one shot, like I've done this before where like, you know, it's a one shot and it's super fluffy and goofy and like the, everyone's having fun and because of RNG, one of the players goes down and just to shore up the bit, I was like, okay, well, your death saving throws are made with constitution, right? Like that sort of thing. Like yeah. you could those are quick adjustments you can make on the fly. Like it just changes the odds a little bit. It doesn't take away from the validity of the game. Yeah. How did we get here? This is completely unrelated from the I original question. I have no question. idea. Hey, have you stolen any items or rules or locations or things from a DM, DM before? From a DM before? I'm sure I have, but who freaking knows what? Uh, items there are amazing creators on like instagram for items yeah, that i just have the saddle, a board the Griffin saddlebag. yeah exactly where game. i just have i have a, a board of their items that's sponsored um the deck of yeah. many deck of many they do mostly already made items but the again, that's really um cool. i don't have the name off the top of my head but when you guys went to seton and conundrum company two of the like six items at the magic shop there were created by somebody else uh, and then altered yeah. by me uh, i think i mentioned it but i don't remember the name of the user right off the top of my head but like those sorts of things like reddit is a really good place for that i don't usually like to take things one for one if someone else has come up with them i usually like to look at them and tweak it a little bit because i you know i feel like my own i usually find something that i'm like i don't like that i'm gonna change mm -hmm. that but I, I tend to not take one for one uh, items and like rulings and things like that. Yeah. And I, again, I'm a DM who always leans in favor of the party because it makes more sense if they're going to feel like heroes that everything kind of tilts a little bit in their favor. Yeah. Agreed. They can get fucked over. I mean, you know, it ebbs and flows, right? Like sometimes the stakes need to feel higher, but a lot of the time the party should feel like heroes. You're absolutely right. Yeah. There's also a great thing that Matt Koval talks about in his videos about the party getting to go Nova, which means like fresh off a long rest, they get to kill some big thing just by throwing their biggest spells and coolest abilities at it and just feel like they're epic heroes. And... Exactly. It's not yeah. necessarily a rule, but it is a mentality going forward that I've tried to like implement in my games of like really cool moments where the party just gets to fucking destroy something. That's such a good concept and such. A, I've never, I've never heard that terminology, but I love that. That's really good. 
Yeah. It's also really healthy. That's a good way to run a tabletop. Like yes, and your players are going to feel good about themselves. It's also really good to let them sort of get get the hint that they're going to have like a chance to rest after the fight. So it's not like you know they're holding stuff back in for in case something else happens. You sort of yeah. hint that forward that they can just fucking let it all hang out. Yeah. Use your shit. Go go balls to the walls. Yeah. Boom, now, you know boom, that boom. spell you've been wanting to try out? This is the guy you try it out on. Just fucking rip his ribcage open. Live in there like a tauntaun. Melt him. Yeah. Ugh, beautiful. Okay, okay. I love that. I love that. Oh, that was a really good answer. Those were some great answers, Sean. Well, thank you. I'm so glad I could make you happy. <laughs> your question. Uh, you sound so upset by this concept. <laughs> Next time I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to be It's gonna be in-depth. I'm going to need you to cite sources. I'm going to need a multiple choice response. It's gonna be it's gonna be an intense question. There's a threat. I feel like you feel personally attacked by my question of you that I also had to answer. (laughs) (laughs) We started off on that whole Matthew Mercer conversation. That was my fault, by the way. Was it? No, you've never done anything wrong a day in your life. I know that. Still, I did it though. I know that. Oh my god! So, so if people want to ask us questions, Sean, where would yeah. where would they send those questions? I believe. Hold on, let me check my. Stop notes. looking yep, at your notes, right Sean. There, no, you right can't there. use your notes. Lord notes are not questions for you. at gmail dot com or at Lord Dump or at the Lord Dump on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, where are your notes now, Sean? Right here. <laughs> I just flipped him off. He gave me the bird audience. I give him a big old birdie. <laughs> <laughs> Now, That's really good. you can also listen to this podcast on Spotify and iTunes. I feel like I should mention that because I don't think anyone listens to us on iTunes. Um, and if there's a way to get it to more places where you listen, send us an email and I'll put it there. <laughs> it's not that hard. I just need to know where to put them. <laughs> That's really good to know. I didn't yeah. know that. I'm going to send you an email about where to put things. Where you listen to po- Where do you listen to podcasts? spotify <laughs> exactly yeah that's why i put it on spotify hey sean do you i'm gonna send you an email asking you just to make sure to double check that it's on spotify what is it gonna say is it gonna say That was the fucking stupidest thing I've ever said in my life. (laughs) I feel like I'm on Blue's Clues. This whole session was hot garbage. (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to listen to this. I'm just going to have it post live with the full audio. (laughs) There will be no editing. Like, the content is fantastic. We suck. (laughs) Oh, I know that. For sure. Okay, I'm stopping recording.